it's it does get difficult there because they want all the songs that like you play at the college parties but the teachers are like mm, keep it keep it on like keep and they're like oh don't listen to this yeah it's just like what do i do and yeah. then yeah that's exactly what happens especially like i think that's what happened with the uh last one where i got booed at <laughs> wow you would bring that up when we started <laughs> i got booed by a bunch of eighth graders Welcome to the Punching the Clock podcast, your nine to five show. Today we have a remarkable guest, an individual who's worked with Kent State University. Her talents have allowed her to work with notable professional athletes such as Braxton Miller and his charging Elite Academy, and also alongside the LeBron James Family Foundation. Please give it up for Naya Booker. Hi guys. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Appreciate you uh, being here on the show. We had a had a lot of great uh, off the air, you know, talk. Yeah. You know, just catching up. Yeah. So uh, with with a uh, resume that you have, how do you how do you stay grounded? What you know, what keeps you grounded? Um, my family ultimately keeps me grounded They're They keep me humble. Mm. They keep me level headed and um. I don't live at home anymore, so going back home, my little brothers really remind me that I'm not special in the little brother way that they do. But yeah, my family ultimately keeps me grounded, and I think being able to work in such creative spaces that I'm able to work in with really creative people, I think that's what keeps me grounded the most. So what what keeps you, do you ever struggle with like being consistent? Oh yeah, for sure. So what keeps you going? That I guess the family just Yeah, my okay. family knowing that people are depending on me. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I have a great support system, so Absolutely. I'm kind of same way. Um you know, whenever I kind of get in my head, we're always our biggest critiques. Yep. Um my my nieces, my nephews, my sisters, my brothers. Um yeah, they'll call me on FaceTime. Uncle Kyle. Especially uh my youngest niece, um, Marley. She's like, Uncle Kyle, Uncle Kyle. Oh my gosh. Uncle Kyle. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Over here cheesing. But um I, me personally, I'm the biggest fan when it comes to you getting your game day fit, uh pictures when you're capturing the pictures coming off the plane or the bus and I kind of dig it because oftentimes um, people aren't used to getting their pictures taken by an actual photographer. Yeah. So um, I guess in the beginning of my career, I wasn't really used to being in front of the camera mm-hmm. and actually someone capturing me in my element. So what does that necessarily uh, mean to you when they see the pictures and they light up and they get really excited about your work? Um, it's, it's, I think it's more exciting for me to get, to be able to capture these experiences for people. Mm. Um, like these, this is their college career. These are coaches or student employees first time on a plane and they're walking off. Who, who doesn't want to get to experience that again from a picture? So just being able to capture that in the moment experience makes me the most happy, I guess. 
if that makes sense. I feel it. So, um, out of that excitement, have you ever had someone post your work without tagging or <laughs> edit your work without your permission? If the players see this, they're so going to get on me about it because I do get mad at them, but it's like a, a joking mad. I feel like I'm at the point in my career where most of the people or the players from Kent who post my work, most of them are like, people know you took it. Like, I don't really feel the need to tag you. Mm. And that makes sense. Yeah. I get it. Um, but some more of like the bigger people I've worked with who don't give me the credit or the tag. It's like, oh, like that's a yeah. missed opportunity. Yeah. Cause I, I was going to ask like, what is it like having to ask a 250 line, 250 pound linebacker? Hey, you know, don't edit my picture. Yeah. Don't make sure you tag me. I think it's so <laughs> funny whenever that like I I, I edit them a specific way. Mm. I don't put anything on the Google our Google Drive for football that I don't think is like postable mm. worthy. Yeah. So I'm really I'm really really strategic about it. And when they go and screenshot it and put the <laughs> stupid Instagram Rio de Janeiro filter on it, I'm like, <laughs> why? Why would you do that? I set you up for success. Oh my god! <laughs> no, I, I and I think your your pictures, your whole page has a a certain aesthetic to it, and really it blends, it works. I really, think. I love it. Thank Huge you. fan, you know. You just give me your cup and autograph, and we're good. Yeah. So going back to game day, <laughs> is there uh like an adrenaline rush, uh before or during the game? Yeah, I do get an adrenaline rush the same way the players do. Like walking on the field for the first time, I'm like, okay, wow, this is happening. <laughs> um, but I think I get more of an adrenaline rush from seeing the in the in the moment reactions from the players. Like I get to see them during practice, but that's so different from the first time stepping onto Arkansas's field, which is an SEC school. Wow, which is pretty cool. So you're just ready to run through a door. Yeah, pretty much. To <laughs> I, I'm I'm ready for anything. So being in so many different stadiums, um, what would you say was your most memorable game day moment? I can't really, there's so many. Mm. Um, but one moment that I specifically remember was last season at Georgia. Mm. That was such a big crowd, such a big, cool stadium and experience. Them coming off of a national championship. Um but I remember C.J. Harris, it was during halftime. He was sitting on one of the the a cart or something. He was just sitting there, his head down. He was praying. I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, this is this is his moment. Like, mm. he's having a moment right now. And I captured it. And I, I that's just one moment I remember. I'm like, wow, like, this is this is why I, I like to do what I do. Yeah, and I, I think we're, uh, if I remember correctly, we weren't favorite to win that game no we we gave georgia a run for their money oh yeah yeah for sure shocked everybody <laughs> everybody so with your passion i don't want to say, like you're you're very passionate about sports right yeah yeah so how do you feel when you get on uh like instagram and someone's i don't know being a critic about your team I, get take a it I do take it personally. <laughs> I do get a little bit defensive about it because you're on Instagram commenting something about the thing that people have worked so hard for. And mm. I don't see you doing what they're doing. So you cannot say anything about what they're doing because you don't do it. Yes. It's the same way, like, just with about anything people hate comment on. Why are you? Why? 
Yeah, yeah. I feel like a lot of the hate comments now, they're not good. No. You know, back in the day, it would be decent, you know. Yeah. Hate comments are good, period. But, you know, <laughs> it's just like L. Yes. Like, what does that mean? It lacks so much content. Mm-hmm. Tell me why my content is L. Tell yeah. me why it's an L. Don't just say L. It, it right. lacks context. Yeah. So I, I feel like the same way um, when when our boys went to the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. And then everybody was like, oh, you know, y'all play terrible X, Y, Z. I'm in the comment section. Like, I'm going back and forth because I know a lot of the guys, they can't. They're, they're, they've been taught not to respond to Yeah. It. And then also, like, the Instagram page itself, they're not going to respond. So I'm like, you right. know what? I'm going to air it. I'm just going to air it out. I'm like, dude, I see you in class. Like, why are you bashing these guys who are leaving it all out on the, on the court for you? Yeah. Yep. And I, I feel I feel the same way when it comes to uh like when we bring artists to Kent. Um, you're not gonna like everybody that we bring to Kent. Right. Um I remember one of the which one had the, the worst reaction? I think it was when we had the artist and Black Bear. That 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 year when we had Black Bear originally. And people were like, Oh and it's just no knock to Black Bear if he's happens to watch my one uh, out of a million podcasts right. and, but like we got black bear and people were like oh you know who's black bear and then um nobody reached out to me like well congratulations there was two people that reached out to me and it was like congratulations for this everybody yeah. else was just like you know who is this right it kind of hurt yeah it bothered me but you know you just gotta take those things on the chin right yeah definitely so with your um, vast variety of working with different companies and people, how do you, um, how did how do these opportunities come about? Um, I would say the the biggest thing is I started really small, mm. so I started with my high school team, and then I applied for Kent State, and um, I would look on Instagram. A lot of places have camps, mm-hmm. so just making really those notable connections with people i dm somebody on instagram and i was like hey can i come take pictures at your camp mm. and they're like yeah so i went to the camp and then the next second i was meeting denzel ward and, <laughs> and braxton miller and i got connected with braxton who i work for now and yeah. do his social medias for his charging academy and just like those are the things that people need to like highlight making those tiny tiny connections because mm. everybody wants to go pro <laughs> everybody wants to go pro first but it's like Okay, start small and make your way there. I feel like that's one of the things I hate when younger DJs reach out to me and they they look at my page. And I I, I think this is what the podcast is about, is not everything happens overnight. Yep. And understanding that everything is a process. You're going to have to take the free gig. Yep. You're going to have to be up at 6 o'clock in the morning after going to bed at 2 a.m. That's going to happen. That's part of the process. Mm -hmm. And I feel like... um, you know what you said starting small that that often gets overlooked yep yeah yeah so yeah i appreciate you sharing that yeah no problem so is there any uh dream uh company or individual that you would love to work with in the future i hmm. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many different brands i would say nike obviously who mm. doesn't want to work with nike mm. um but athlete wise I'm I'm a big Odell fan. I love Odell. I hope one day I'm able to take his picture. Mm-hmm. Um, 
obviously LeBron. <laughs> um, the king. Yes, the goat. Um, but yeah, I, those are the, my top two. Okay. Yeah. I dig it. So with uh, working with the I Promise program, um, is there a lot of pressure being the big sis for the kids? I would say there's no pressure at no all. No pressure. It's pretty like, it's, they make it easy. It's natural. Yeah. Because you're a big sister at home, right? Yep. I have two little brothers who are 13. Okay. Yeah. So they're around the same age. Yep. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, my personal story, I, that's a long story. I'm probably going to say that for an, another podcast. But if people <laughs> don't know, I am adopted. I did meet my older brothers and sisters like two years ago. Oh, that's awesome. You know, I'm kind of contending for uncle of the year right now you know i'll throw my name in the hat (laughs) so what does it mean to be like a role for them um for me whenever i am able to be with them when i'm not like doing my everyday -day day stuff Mm. um i simply remember the people that i looked up to when i was their age Mm. and there's a lot of they they're on tiktok they're on social media they see i'm not saying the people who are up there are bad influencers mm. to the younger generations but they're not the best yeah and i try to like remind them okay like i'm from akron i'm just like you i'm in school i have issues that not a lot of people talk about mm. and i think like them seeing somebody who's there next to them and normal and from where they're from it's just like yeah, I can be her. Yeah, being a positive role model. Yep. Okay, I love that. I love that. Because, I, like I said, I was raised as the only child, so I really didn't have older siblings. Uh, I had a great role model. Yeah. I mean, you guys you are parents. Right. You have great foundation. I, you know, I didn't grow up struggling. Yeah. Um, But also, you kind of need someone outside of your nest. Yeah. So, yeah, I appreciate you doing that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because you, even though it, might, it may seem mundane, in a way, yeah, um, you are making a change in these kids' lives. I hope. I hope. <laughs> it just takes one person. That's it. Absolutely. Um, so, looking back, what would you say was your uh, most treasured moment uh, with the I Promise program? Um, probably opening day of the I Promise school. That okay. was I. I cried tears that day. <laughs> it was just such a an eye-opening moment and an eye-opening experience because that was my first year volunteering with the foundation as a 3-3 ambassador. Mm. And um, we we volunteered that day just at the school. And I remember seeing the kids. I didn't really know any of them. But knowing what the I Promise School was going to bring to the Akron community um, was just the best, the best reward that anybody could get that day. Absolutely. Yeah. So looking back... Uh to a point in time when you were their age um were you interested in photography like you know what eighth seventh sixth grade when you were their age no so actually when i was in like sixth seventh eighth grade i wanted to be a brain surgeon that's what i wanted to be I had my mind set i was going to be a brain surgeon i was gonna make lots and lots of money mm. but in sixth grade this is how i got started with photography in sixth grade, um, my mom let me have Instagram. Mm-hmm. And around the same time, my older brother was playing football at Ohio State. 
I followed Ohio State on Instagram and I was looking for him in every single picture and every single video. And I was ultimately just so captivated by the work that they were doing, not mm. even looking for my brother anymore. I was just a big Ohio State Instagram fan. Mm. And I remember saying, okay, like, this is cool. How do I do this? I record, you couldn't screen record on an iPhone 4 yeah. when I was in sixth grade. But I took my <laughs> iPad mini, I took my iPad mini and I recorded every single video that he was in mm. and i just remember like that moment and i would never ever would have guessed that like this is that's where i would that's what i would be doing now mm. yeah wow so um you brought up social media so would you uh would you agree that oftentimes you could be your biggest critic yeah for sure okay so when it comes to sharing your work on social media uh what does that process look like that's a tr it's a tricky process. Mm -hmm. I put out what I want people to see. Obviously, your best work. Yeah. Um, but social media, I try not to let social media get to my head too much. Mm -hmm. Like the amount of people that like it or the amount of people that follow me, because I know my work is good, and if people want to look at it and like it, they're gonna look at it and like it. Yeah, because I hate that when, like, oftentimes. People confuse confidence with arrogance. Yeah. Like, oh, you need to humble yourself. Right. I'm just posting a picture, man. Yeah. You know, um, do you, are you calculated when it comes to the captions? Do you take a lot of time when it, when you pick a caption? Not my, not like my Netflix <laughs> by Naya captions, but every other like social media that I run, they're, they're really calculated and I, okay. I take time. Yeah. I try to go with like song lyrics. Yeah. You're there title of a song or something like that yeah um but yeah i don't know it's, it's tough it's tough social that, media is so tough it's because so, you just want to compare yourself to other people yeah but yeah i always have to remind myself that you're naya you're not anybody else and people follow you because you're naya and you're not trying to be somebody else exactly and that's gonna lead to my next statement <laughs> Because I, I will often compare like the uh, the DJ world or or even just being a creative in general to the NBA because mm -hmm. uh, you have so many individuals who are, who are quote unquote doing the same thing. Yeah. So how important is it for photographers or creators to develop their own unique style and uh, what steps can you uh, can they give or can you give to achieve that? I would say it's really important for you to obviously establish yourself as a creator and as a photographer first. Um, I don't. I just think it comes naturally with your work. Like mm. people are gonna recognize and realize that that's your work, and you put time and effort into looking up inspiration and being in the moment. I don't know. It's just really raw and natural. I, I don't know how to how else to explain it. No, I dig it. I, I I guess it's it's your authenticity. Yeah. Yeah. Raw and natural. Um I think what shaped me uh when I was younger was YouTube. Yeah. Uh looking at creators like Casey Neistat, guys like that. Were you uh, a big YouTube did did YouTube play a a part in your childhood? Not really. Not really. I look up YouTube videos now, like uh -huh. to learn different stuff in Photoshop and how to edit the background to look darker, or whatever. Hmm. But 
for my inspiration, I look at different creators and photographers that I look up to. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, okay, well, Cameron Look, I love Cameron Look. Like, Cameron. if Cameron Look is ever, ever watching this, Cameron Look, come <laughs> to Akron and come visit. But, um, yeah, Cameron Look was probably is probably my favorite photographer ever. And I see the work that he does, and he – if he took a picture, you'd be able to tell that it's his work without the watermark on it. Okay. But, yeah, I would say, I forget what we were talking about. Honestly. No, no, just, you're good, you're good. I love Cameron Look so much. <laughs> How do you feel about uh, photographers uh, watermarking their work? I think it's okay. Okay. Yeah. Are there any things in the uh, photography world that that you feel are kind of gimmicky in a way? Like, what do you mean? Like, for example, me, when it comes to watching content put out by DJs, um, dang, I don't want to sound shady, cause I, cause it, this is gonna rough, this is gonna, you know, ruffle a couple feathers, but um, dang, I don't, I don't want to go there. Give me, give me another example. <laughs> All right, um. All right, so for example, there is this, the professor. He's an amazing basketball player, known for street ball. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say he was gimmicky when he did this. He actually started a trend. Okay. So what he did first was he would go to basketball courts dressed up as Spider Man. Okay. Spider Man plays basketball one on one. Now you're seeing everybody dress up as a character, Marvel character, and I, like I don't feel like that's authentic. So yeah. it kind of comes off as gimmicky. Right. Now, do you have you ever experienced that or seen that in photography? Like, no, okay. but yes, <laughs> I've never like experienced it myself. I know everybody. If you, somebody sees an idea like the stop motion pictures that I do, mm-hmm. a lot of other people have done that before. Okay. But I think everybody puts their own little spin and own little taste on it because everybody's different. Yeah. Like my work is not going to look like hers or and her work's not going to look like mine. So that's why I think yes and no. So it goes back to authenticity. Yes. I appreciate that. Yeah. So um before we wrap things up, is there any upcoming events or projects that you're looking for in the future for our, that you could promote to our viewers and listeners? Hmm. There's nothing. I have. It's just football season right just now. Just football season. Yeah. What do you do? You ever have an off season? Anything like that? No off season. Yeah. I'm always at. It's school, work, football during football season, mm. and then school, work, basketball. Like I'm always. Tra- I'm always traveling in the off season. Okay. Yeah. So when you say work, where do you work outside of photography? I do. LeBron's Foundation. Okay. Um, and then Braxton Miller. And yeah, just like little tiny opportunities that come my way. I feel it. I think I think I struggle with off season syndrome. Yeah. It's because I'm not getting booked enough. <laughs> so y'all gotta book me a little bit more. <laughs> yes, book him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about like off season, like it's a, a sport and all <laughs> like uh in my off time. That's why it's called punching the clock. I I'm I work at Audis. I'm I'm a shift. No, I'm a stalker. Yeah. I'm a stalker. So 
I have your first alarm is at 4.30 in the morning. Oh, my god! I got to be at 6 o'clock. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's the grind. Wow. It's the grind, you know. Do you feel like, so I, I don't think I've ever heard your startup story. Wow. So do, <laughs> do you think that you, have you faced any, ad, did you face any adversity getting into being a DJ and? Wow, that's a good question. That's a loaded question. Nah. So, um, <laughs> what which version do you want? Do you want the Kent State version? Me getting started in Kent State, or do you want the the raw the starting raw. high school? The raw starting high school. Wow. Um. So when I first started DJing, I was little sixteen years old. I think I had my first equipment. I got my first equipment at fourteen. My mom got me a small controller, and it collected dust for like the first year. Mm-hmm. Then when I was 15, 16, rolled around, I decided I was going to take it a little bit more seriously. Yeah. So I started off doing smaller events. Uh, my first event was a boys and girls club that I found off of Craigslist. Oh, my gosh. As a 16-year-old. My mom hated that. Yeah. She was like, you're on Craigslist? <laughs> Craigslist. <laughs> Why are you posting ads on Craigslist? That's scary. <laughs> it was, but it was, before, it was before Craigslist was a creep place. Yeah. So... Yeah, so I get my first event in Craig's off of Craigslist. It was for a uh, it was for a lady in Lorraine, and nobody showed up. Great, mm-hmm. it, it worked out. I, I ended up, I ended up getting paid. I played music, cool. Yeah, and I think uh, after that it was uh, then it was the boys and girls clubs, and uh, they had parties like that. Okay, and it was looking back, it was it was a well needed experience. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's always good to. To be rough around the edges when you're first starting out. Yeah. I think with social media that people kind of forget, like, you you have to suck first. Yes. You know? 100%. And, um, yeah, uh, I remember, and I was always true and honest and fair with myself. Yes. So when it came to, I remember this one event that I did, I was like, I was still young. I was like, I don't think I did that good. Mm-hmm. And I, I gave the lady, like, $30 back. Yeah. I was, like, charging 25 an hour or something like that. So I was like, here's your... I was like, yeah, I didn't do that good today. Here's your $30 back. Yeah. So constantly uh, being my biggest crit- critic, mm-hmm. perfectionist. Um, and then it also started with uh, getting a mentor. Shout out to uh, DJ Cairo. He's the DJ for Progressive Field. Okay. Um. Reaching out to him, DJ Dare, Anton, uh, Cleveland, Cleveland renowned DJ, and those two really just uh, showing me the ropes. Yeah. So I, I actually met them for my senior project. We were supposed to get like a fifty-hour work yeah. uh, internship, something like that. Mm-hmm. So got the fifty hours with them. And the funny thing about Anton, I remember I reached out to him, and. Uh, I called a guitar center, and they're like, "Yeah, we have a DJ on here." And you, you know, he said he was interested. His name's Anton, so I'm like, "All right, cool." So I walk in. So I see a guy at the front desk. I'm like, "Oh, what's up, man?" So I'm walking. I walk into the back, where the audio area, and I'm looking for. I'm thinking it's a brother. You know what I'm saying? What a name like Anton? Yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was a brother. Yeah. So I'm walking around. So I walk to the front. I'm like, I see this white guy, and he's like. I'm like, yeah, I'm looking for Anton. He was like, oh, that's me. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I thought Anton was a black guy. Yeah. Oh, due respect. I thought, yeah. So that's how we ended up meeting. 
Uh, they really helped uh, sand my edges down and get me ready for college. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I was a nut job in high school. I remember I was like, yeah, I don't want to go to prom. I want to. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, and my reason for not going to prom, I was like, I don't want to go to prom because I want to I want to spend time practicing. I want to be a DJ. Yeah. You know, looking back on it, uh, I don't know. That's That's like one of the, like. I don't want to say Kobe was a nut job, but like, like you kind of have to be a nut job up here to demand perfection from yourself. Yep. Like, looking like Kobe will probably say that I don't want to go to prom. I want to get shots up in the gym. Yeah. I want it to be like that my, mindset. And they're like, dude, go to prom. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Go to prom, dude. And so coming into uh, Kent, I thought I was like, I thought I was like a seven out of ten. I was like, yeah, I'm. You know, I'm going to come and can. I'm going to take it over. No. I mean, and oh then uh, got very humbled uh, quick. Uh, there are other DJs in Kent. DJ Flavors, DJ Swale, DJ Peja. Um, you know, these guys were really holding it down. Mm-hmm. And if I wanted to make any moves, I had to compete against these guys. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I believe competition breeds champions. And um, with COVID, when COVID finally came and everything, uh, it set everybody back to yeah, zero. For sure. Not only Kent, but Akron, Cleveland. And, um, you know, Peja, he ended up moving uh, I think to the West Coast. And the other two DJs, they were just mainly in Akron. So uh, it was kind of like just free game. Yeah. So, uh, got in touch with the people from athletics, like, Hey, I'm a DJ. I've been doing it for this many years. Here's my mentor. Here's my uh, resume. I'm like, all right, cool. Got in touch with them. They brought me back for a scrimmage. The guys love me. And yeah, that's, you know, that's pretty much the basis of everything. Sorry for a long winded explanation. (laughs) That's awesome. It's, it's, it's it's tough. There's been times where I've I've struggled immensely, yeah. you know, motivation wise. Even going back to Audis, I was like, you know, I I started my job back at Audis like a month ago. And I was like, dude, I've opened up for Lil Yachty, Cash Doll, Quavo. What do I look like going back to Audis? Yeah. I was like, dude, I gotta be real. I gotta set my pride to the side. I was like, dude, you need this paycheck. You're right. <laughs> you're yeah. let's be real. I get what you're saying. But you need this paycheck more than anything. For sure. And, um, yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) When I started at Kent, I actually got rejected. They told me that I couldn't take, I wasn't offered, like, the internship position my freshman year. Wow. So I took the year and got grounded and really humbling because I thought I was good in high school. Mm. But looking back on those pictures, I'm like, oh, maybe they made the right choice. Uh, yeah. Um, but no, uh, I, I hear you when you say, like, about the sacrifice thing in high school. When I took pictures, I wasn't in the student section anymore. Mm. I didn't get to experience, like, the high school game day hype. I was on the field with all the football players. And I think – with my work now, I experience a lot of sacrifice and I don't get to hang out with my friends as normal or mm. see my family as much because I'm always traveling. But I love what I do. And just like you said, the the nut job like <laughs> mentality. And yeah. 
Yeah, no. Um, I want to highlight sacrifice. I want to highlight that largely because I, I think it takes sacrifice and also being, and it's like the third time I said this on here, authentic <laughs> with yourself. You got to be authentic with yourself. Yeah. And that really started in high school as well. Like, I played three sports, baseball, basketball, and golf. Yes. Wow. And my, my senior year for basketball, I didn't finish my senior year for basketball. Mm-hmm. I, I quit halfway through. I was like, dude, I'm, I'm not getting playing time. No scouts are looking at mm-hmm. me. I, I already knew that going into it. So I was like, you know what? I think uh, I need to focus on other things, my other passions, getting a job. Yeah. And. Like I said, I, I knew, looking back on it, I wasn't going to be a D1 recruit. Had to be completely real with myself. Yes. So I focused, got out, focused uh, on DJing and baseball. Ended up getting MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, stuff like that. But I think I was able to bring the mentality of basketball into baseball mm-hmm. i think you have to have a, a winter a winner's mentality the way you step onto a field your demeanor yep um because uh that was one of the things that we struggled with as the baseball team going out on the field i'm like dude you guys look like you lost before you even walk on no you're supposed to beat a team as soon as you get off the field right. I mean, as soon as you walk onto as soon as you walk off of the bus that, that team folks look over and see like well we're done mm-hmm. we didn't have that killer mentality we didn't have that killer demeanor and that was something that I feel that I brought not only me, but a couple of the guys that we played with because we had a team full of football players, basketball <laughs> players. So it was a it was a ragtag team, but we were tough. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, just uh, having that demeanor and knowing to carry yourself with confidence. Yes. So uh, when it comes to competition, is there a lot of competition when it comes to uh, photography? I wouldn't say there's much. Like, for me personally, mm. I don't think there's competition. Everybody is, everybody's work is authentic to them. Yeah. So there's no way that there could be a competition because my vision and your vision are so different. And I, I appreciate and value your vision just as much as I appreciate and value mine. Mm. Um, but I would say in the, f- like, football, male-dominated sports world, there's a lot of, Mm, it's i don't want to be like <laughs> confrontational here but it's really hard to be a woman that works in sports because most of the time people don't take you seriously mm. and it's just like the constant struggle of having to prove yourself over and over and over and over again that you're meant to be here and you're good at what you do and i think that's the the struggle i battle with in myself and mm. i see other women who work in sports battle and struggle with the same thing um, and it sucks that we have to consistently prove ourselves to other people that, yeah, I know football. Yeah. I, yeah, I take pictures for football. Like, I'm here for the right reasons. I'm good at what I do. And, like, it's you have to carry yourself with that confidence. And if you don't, that world will eat you alive. Yes. Yes. And I think it's really interesting because looking at the people that you work with, you work with a very diverse yeah. group of people with many uh, different ethnicities yes um um what is that like you know just working with uh, people who understand your your struggles yeah it's it's good to see many different perspectives Mm. um 
the different women that work on the football team, they've been at multiple different programs or people that were on the team last year who've um, went to other schools. It's just, it's, it's really neat to see women in that field and growing. And I look up to so many people, not maybe in the sports world, but just like in the world in, in general. Um, yeah. Pretty cool. So before you uh, came into Kent, was there anybody that you idolized or like, uh, like when I come into Kent, I got to meet this person? Was there anybody like that? Um, I really looked up to Brenna Lewis. Brenna Lewis. Yes. Brenna, she's yeah, working with the Cavs, right? Yes, yeah, she is. She's, she's amazing. doing amazing. <laughs> but I looked up to Brenna and I knew who Leah was before I came to, to Kent State football. And those were like the two people that I watched during the season that I took the time off. Um, and then when I got to work with them, it was pretty cool because they're, they're both amazing and they're both doing really, really amazing things right now. So. Yeah. So have you ever had anybody come up to you yet and like, oh, Naya, I've always idolized your work. <laughs> I've just been such a huge fan. Has that happened yet? It has like people will dm me on instagram feeling mm. i love your work how did you get started how did you get here but i just i feel like i'm in the point in my career where i'm not yet like i don't feel like i should be idolized mm. yet i think again i'm pretty humble about it yeah. and, um but yeah whenever people do dm me it's like oh my gosh this just made my entire year <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I, I think a lot of people struggle with um I don't want to say wanting to be an idol, wanting to be an influencer. I think, yeah, I do. I do think people struggle with that. Yeah. And to see that you're grounded, you know, is that's really good. You know, I, I believe you have a head start on a lot of people because there's people that are buying verification badges. Yeah. I'm like, dude. <laughs> You want to be an influencer that that will be the only shade that I throw today. <laughs> if you're buying a blue check, shame on you. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know if I could throw sixteen dollars a month for that. <laughs> it's cool and everything, but it's just not as cool anymore that you know people can buy it. Yeah, yeah, no, seriously, I I think and I, part of me, I, I will admit, part of me, I. I I was, before you could pay for the blue check, I was like, dude, I want a blue check. I applied almost every, I applied every 30 days. 30 days, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I will not lie. <laughs> I applied every 30 days. I thought I had all the, the verification I needed. Mm. The people I've worked with, like, oh yeah, she's set. No, Instagram humbled you, humbled me real fast. Very fast. And you know, the cheat code to check if someone's blue check is legit, I'll go to chat GPT searched her name no way and if chad gpt is like yeah we don't know who this person is you should not have a blue check watch out yeah we're, we're checking your blue checks he's checking I, well, well i'm checking now it has nothing to do with my devious acts but yeah um <laughs> do you travel like outside of kent and cleveland oh man do i travel um for djing or for fun the, the furthest I've traveled was PA. It okay. was for a Mug Girl um, event. And they have these, like, it's uh, across the United States. These Mug Girls, it's like a obstacle course. Okay. So that was the furthest I've traveled. 
I was really trying to um, be like their on-field DJ. Mm-hmm. I was like, all you got to do is hook me up with a plane, hotel room. I was kind of at the point where, like, you ain't got to pay me. You just pay for travel yeah. in the hotel room. Yeah. I'm good. Just to say I did something and to experience it. Right. I, I haven't traveled yet. I was, no. Nah. So, I guess, in a, in a way, I have traveled. Oh, yeah. PAs travel. PAs travel. What, what, what have been your experiences with traveling? Any tips that I, I should take when it comes to traveling with equipment, stuff like that? Um, TSA pre-check? I would say, like... I have TSA pre-check now because mm. I hate waiting in that line. Yeah. And I travel so much that it's just a necessity for me. Mm. But um, I don't take a checked bag. I always take a carry-on. Because I'm always I'm always there for like the day or I'm there for one day. Um, but traveling as like a photographer, as a creative, I would say I traveled for free. Like, they would pay for my plane. They'd pay for the hotel room. I wouldn't get paid. Okay. Just for the experience. Got to take pictures of incredible athletes. Like, put it on my resume. But then I had to go into, like, self-reflection mode. And I'm like, wait, like, Naya, why are you not getting paid for this? Like, you spend hours of time editing pictures, get paid. Yeah. So my biggest tip for any photographer, any creative, any videographer is to know your worth and multiply that by three because people will try to get over on you mm. for it. But, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that's that's uh, great advice because, yeah, like I said, I've – I've yet to be flown out yet. I'm just gonna put that out there. Flown out. <laughs> I'm trying. To, I, I I do prefer the window seats. Yes. In the back. I, the I, back. Yes. I'm I am a middle middle front girl. Uh, uh, you could feel that. See, I don't like turbulence. I hate. Turbulence. I feel like the most turbulence in the back. I get sick in the back. I can't. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I need the back. I don't feel anything on the back. Maybe it's a height. Maybe. There. Hmm, that's hmm, interesting we might have to do some research on that yeah because yeah tsa pre-tech and then okay so how do you how do you drill into your head that this is work not vacation uh most of the time i I travel alone Mm. so i'm not traveling with my friends or my family i'm traveling simply by myself i get the uber go to the hotel then from there it's like okay like do do work do homework mm-hmm. and then the next day you have the event and you get you uber to the event and you uber back to the hotel or to the airport and then you're done dang so there's no time for yourself there's no time well there is sometimes but i'm too scared to go do stuff for myself <laughs> in cities i don't know so i've traveled a lot of places and it's cool to experience the airports. I love airports, mm. but I get a sticker from every single place that I go, and I put it on my suitcase. Yeah. So your suitcase is loaded. It's loaded. Okay. Like, I probably need to buy a new suitcase. Ramoa, if you see this, <laughs> I love Ramoa suitcases. They're the best. So, Ramoa, yeah, we got it. You got to shoot them an email. Yeah, Ramoa, sponsor me. Come on. <laughs> get it together i was actually trying to get an under armor sponsorship yeah because they're they're, they're kent state yeah but you know 
Or, hmm, yeah, hopefully. That's hopefully. interesting. I need something to wear while I'm on camera. Yeah. You see me with my, <laughs> was it, uh, distressed shirt. <laughs> you see the ripped pants. I'm struggling over here. Punching the clock. Um, <laughs> so um, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Naya Booker. Make sure to check out her work and uh, give her a follow at FlixByNaya underscore on Instagram. Um, any last words? No, I don't have anything, but thank you. Absolutely. This is so fun. Absolutely. I appreciate you uh, coming down, having a good time. We are in the Blush Gallery Studios and located at Tower City. Um, and for, for uh, more information for upcoming events, make sure to give me a follow at aka.snoos on all platforms um and yeah this is the punching the clock podcast with dj smills thanks for watching bye guys Watch a lot of football together. Browns, yeah. Browns, go Browns! You a Browns fan? I am a Browns fan, but I'm a big, um, I'm a big Giants fan too. Giants. Giants. Why the Giants? Paris Campbell. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. See, I'm not really a big football head, so anything out of the Browns, I'm like, I draw blanks. Yeah. I don't have a lot of time to watch. I like the Dolphins because I like their colors. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say you like their coach. No, I like their colors.